Thank you so much. So, um, first of all, I'm just going to say that I'm going to talk about my experience with this uh, navigation, and I will just tell you that um, I, I wouldn't have too much high expectations about like like me giving you hadracha, but I'll I'll let you um, have the opportunity to maybe just share some of my experiences and maybe hopefully learn from some of the things I've experienced, and certainly you'll have more to learn from my mistakes than from, <laughs> from, the, from my achievements, probably. But um, uh, the, I'll start out just giving you a little bit of background of, of, uh, of what, what my journey has been through this. So I, I, was, uh, in, I really started when I was in graduate school in, in, uh, in, in Manhattan, and I was finishing up. And all of my colleagues were scrambling to, like, you know, my fellow students were, were, were scrambling to, like, get started working and starting practices and stuff in the city. Getting fit. And I remember I, um, I was speaking to a, a, a friend who later became my wife, and I was having a cold feet about coming to Eretz Israel to spend some time learning before I got really, really uh, entrenched in, in the, the working world. And she said to me, she said, you know, I really can't, it's hard for me to imagine that Hashem would punish you for going to learn Torah in Eretz Israel. It's like, it's hard to imagine that would be like a, you know, that would be like, you, you just lose out because of that. So that was a, that was a, a, a big, uh, that gave me and I ended up coming here. I started going to another yeshiva, then I ended up, Hashem coming to Chappelle's about 21 years ago, got married, spent Shana Rishona learning here, um, uh, and uh, and then and then went back um, and started started working uh, when we moved to to Milwaukee. Uh, we were very fortunate to move to Milwaukee with the guidance of some of my very chashiv rebbeim here, like Rabbi Kwas, uh, and uh, that was really actually a very good place for us to go, um, where there was a lot of uh, good modeling of how to integrate. Um, Torah in a, in a very deep way into 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 a working lifestyle. It's a it's a simple place to live. Um, there's not a lot of, uh, of of heavy gashmius pressure, and it's a uh, it's a very it's a very strongly led community with a a very um, very well established um, ga- uh, community of of Torah. Centered life between the the Tursky's and the the Kolo that they established in Milwaukee. Um, it's it's a, a place where where Torah is very central, and I think that's that's one of the probably one of the most key factors. I would say is when you choose where you're going to be, you can choose your environment uh, that's going to be being being you. I kind of divided up this discussion, by the way, into like a who what, where, why, and when thing. So I'll talk about it in those, in those terms. So I spent all those years, 20, 20 years in Milwaukee, working and figuring out how to integrate um, my, my, my Torah learning into a working schedule, which really was, was, uh, be, became challenging in many times, especially as different responsibilities came up when you have to work Different types of schedules, working, switching from working. You know, when I first went to Milwaukee for for a few years, I found the Chappelle's alum, Rabbi Melech Lensky. Some people might remember him here. 
and uh, he was there in Milwaukee, and uh, and we became Kavrusism because he was working at Freighter Hospital, and I was working at I forget which hospital I was working at the time. Um, he was working as a chaplain at the time, I think. Um, uh, we had to be at work very early in the morning, so our Kavrusa actually had to start like crazy early. Like we had to do something like I I I think we were meeting at like five or something in the morning, so to to do our to do our Kavrusa. So that we could do it and then get in, job in the early minion and then get to work in time. So these are the kinds of things that I had to do. Now, that Kabrusa ended when I had to switch to start working night shift. So then my, I wasn't able to keep that schedule with him and so then I had to figure something else out which wasn't so, so simple. Um, so well, let, let me now arrange, and then fortunately what happened is that, you know, figuring out how to, how to integrate, um, Learning and, and what to what to prioritize in my learning over time. Eventually, we got to a point where, because of two very very bad things, um, actually facilitated something very good for our family. Both both the COVID and the the, the feeling that uh, we had overextended our welcome as Jews in Gullis, which is an increasing awareness that we started to pick up on over the last couple of years in Milwaukee. Um, that that combination really led us to be able to come here. I'll explain why, and uh, and to live in Eretz Israel and have a certain uh, opening personally for me to integrate my learning into my work in a different way. So, um, so first of all, in different categories, I, I, I said who, what, where, why, what, when, um, why I'm not going to go into here. There's a Gemara in Brachos about a fish and a fox that pretty much sums up the why part of integrating learning into into your life. Um, with, as far as who goes, I, I think there's two categories. First of all, like who you're going to be surrounded by, like we're in making choices about like what type of community you're going to live in, which is a choice we all have. We can choose to live in communities that have more uh, more modeling and more resources for uh, to, for keeping us kind of in line. You don't. It's it's very hard to be going against the trend. Uh, uh, in, in integrating Torah into your lives, if you're, if you're in an environment where everybody's learning, it's a lot easier. You can just rely on your Yitzhar a little bit to like shut you along into into um, uh, staying staying in in the stream, if you will. Also, choosing who you're learning with and what type of kabrusa, whether it's better to try and find somebody who's you know sometimes it's somebody who's like going to be more of a teacher person, somebody who you're going to be you're, you're going to be helping along, or somebody that's on your on your madriga. These are things that you have to choose. And when your time is limited, you really have to make those choices carefully. So if you have if you have all day for learning, you can have a balance of, of what you're doing. But really, you have to make those choices carefully when when you have limited time to devote to your learning. Um, as far as where goes, um, there's when you're when you're integrating learning into a busy lifestyle. There's um, there's a lot of choices as far as where you're going to actually physically do your learning. So in Milwaukee, there was a kollel. There was a lot of learning in shul, but there's also a, a, an Indian that I've heard that it's kind of important that that your family and your kids should also be aware of what you're doing. So they know you're out of the house. They know you're at the kollel. But there's something nice about also making sure that there's some time that your kids see you learning. Somebody was just telling me up in the office that at one point, like, somebody from her husband's kollel sent a picture of him learning. 
and how much she appreciated that because like she knows he's in Kolo all the time learning but there's something gishmak that it's it's the family when they see like actually what see 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 it in action so there's some sometimes that I was that I dafka tried to like have a chabura in my house and I'd want to have that in my house because I want my kids to see us sitting around and, and, and learning a mimer of the Balatanya or something together. You know, I don't just that I do that someplace else. They don't know where, you know, if I'm at work or, or here. Um, as far as choosing what what to learn, that's another thing that I think you, has to be a big consideration. It was always a big challenge for me. Again, with limited time resources, how do you prioritize what what to learn? I. I was able to rely a lot on guidance from, from the Rebbe in Milwaukee who would help me make some of those decisions about how much to focus in, in what areas. Um, uh, by nature, it was when you're tired and, you know, burnt out at the end of the day. Sometimes Steiging in the Gemara, I mean, I had a lot of friends that I, 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 I really admired. They would be at work all day, then I'd see them for hours Steiging in the Kola, learn, learning Gemara Be'iyun. I'd found that I wasn't able to do that. Like, it just didn't work for me. I was completely burnt out by the end of the day of seeing patients and like feedback. And, you know, learning uh, Sifri Makshava was very easy for me. It's, it comes, it's, it's gishmak. It's, you're not, it's, there's not the same level of a malus. I mean, it's a malus because you're dedicating the time, but it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's delicious. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, there's no pain usually in learning Divri Makshava it's nice and there's and so sometimes that was what I had to do uh, at certain times but I realized at a certain time that I was you know it's very easy to get to start neglect neglecting if you will like the some of the essential nutrients of our of our Torah diet which might involve some more of the Amelis of the Torah so I figured out how to like get into a Gemara share there were times in my career where I really relied on Dafyomi. That was the only, like, Kesher I had to, to really Torsha Balpet on a regular basis. I, and, it, and it kind of carried me through times, although personally, I always struggled to, like, really, really feel something deep and connective. I didn't learn Dafyomi the, re- the way, like, Moshe Tov used to learn, would, would learn Dafyomi. I was, like, barely hanging on to the train, like, as it, it leaves the station each day, like, running after it. And, uh, uh, but but I was I had to be flexible with time and figuring out what to do. There were times where I was able to be in in uh, Ian Gamarshir with the Rosh Kolo in Milwaukee, but it was in the evenings. And frankly, I mean, it was an amazing share. I got tremendous out of it. But a lot of times in the evenings, I found that I was like it was embarrassing. I sit right next to the Rosh Kolo Rabbi Sunderovic in Milwaukee, like I'm falling asleep as he's giving this great great share. It's, it's so it's, it's hard. There are there are challenges there and. Um, you know, doing my best to, to, to keep a balanced a balanced approach. Um, so that leads me to a discussion about like when, how to find the time and when to prioritize that time. So for me, I, I always had a hard time more learning at the end of the day. Partially it's maybe because of the way that I was, you know, my the way I was experiencing my work time, I was very burnt out, tired at the end of the day. Definitely getting in the learning in the morning, I found to be much more productive when I had a Kavrusa before chakras, then um, usually I didn't have the option so much of doing it after chakras because I was I was one of the people that was in the early chakras and like going to work instead of the later chakras. But um, but getting up earlier and looming then, I felt that my my learning was uh, much more productive. My brain was just 
personally working better at that time. And then in the evenings when I when I it was I was it was very hard. So again, I had the more easily digestible types of subjects in the evening, and the things that require more rigor in, in yigia um, in the morning as much as possible. Um, of course, I, I it's always been a struggle finding these times. So then you want to get up earlier, but at a certain point you you start to cut into some of your own health, some of your own ability to to maintain your healthy lifestyle, sleep, you know, the, the, the consequences of the minute. I know we hear about Gedolim who, who sleep. I, I don't think it's a good, I, I, as a medical professional, I can't recommend anybody follows that, that strives for that emulation because the, the, the metabolic and the cardiovascular and the hormonal and the, you know, the, the, the neurological consequences of decreasing our, our needed sleep, are, it's not, I don't think most people it's going to work out as beneficial sacrifice. So these things just add into like the cheshman of how of how to be very efficient with our learning when we're when we're when we're um, also combining it with with work time. So in in the and the other thing that I think is really important is to realize that um, I, I there was this word that one of our one of our close friends always says on Parshas Bayera. It says Yukach na maat mayim when when Avram Avinu is telling is. Is asking them to bring in some water for the for the malachim that comes. It's ma'at ma'im. So Zavort, I forget who it's from. So Zavort that says like, if you're going to be a tzaddik, you're going to do tzedakah. Don't do it on somebody else's cheshbon. Like so the, if he's not bringing the water himself, somebody else is doing it. So so he doesn't have to be a tzaddik and bring in tons of water from somebody else. So if you're going to be a tzaddik and learn a lot, you don't want to do it on your wife or your children's cheshbon. And that's an important concept because it does happen, and people think, oh, it's I know that sometimes there are cases where people think it's going to be good for their kids, and maybe there are certain cases where that works out, but I, in my feeling was that I wasn't going to want to sacrifice um, my family's, uh, my, my, my ability to be there for my family and be supportive of the family. So there were times where I was definitely learning more at home because the kids were little, um, not just so they could see me, but that I could be there to help help my wife that working around I wasn't going to this year that was right at bedtime um, <laughs> so that you know a lot of guys doff go into that year or something you know so they didn't have to do it so, um, so I think that that's a Donna specifically wanted me to mention that point by the way <laughs> for, for all you guys um, so fortunately I'll just I'll just end with this so I again we had this big bruch in our life um, that came from two very, very horrible things between COVID, which, which overnight turned the practice of outpatient psychiatry into telepsychiatry, video conferencing psychiatry. It was like one, one day I woke up and all the outpatient appointments were switched to video conferencing. Um, and, and then the combined with that was, was, you know, the fact that we were not feeling very safe anymore walking around as Jews in, in Milwaukee, um, we came to this realization that what are we doing here? This is this is our this is our opportunity. Hashem's like opening the door and kicking us out at the same time. So we, I said, why should I sit in my office in Milwaukee and and, and see patients there when I can sit in uh, in uh, in Eretz Israel? So we, that really facilitated our ability to financially be able to come here. And what was interesting about that, what initially scared me about that, was that I would have to continue working, but I'd have to work this flipped schedule. 
an American, uh, an American hour schedule while living here, which turns out to be roughly from 2 p.m. till midnight for the most part. And I didn't know how that was going to work out for me because generally I know that like in for 20 years of my career I was pretty burnt out later in the day and the mornings were really the better time for me. How is that going to work for work? So it turns out it works out perfectly because now I have I get up, I have a whole morning and I've got nothing to do but come and hang out with you guys. It's Gavaldic, right? There's nothing, else, there's nothing else going on. My kids are in school. You know, like... So I have all this time for morning Seder. And then I get home and I'm working. It keeps me out of trouble, basically. I don't have anything else to do. I just basically until midnight and then I go to bed and then just get up. So so it actually turned out that um, it kind of solved all my problems coming here as far as like being, like falling asleep on the Rosh Kola. I can't fall asleep on on the Rosh Shiva anymore because it's it's already morning time. Also, it's a lot louder than the Rosh Kola in Milwaukee. But, uh, but, uh, but uh, so so that kind of solved me structurally. I, it was a big bracha for me that it really helped in my navigation of figuring all this stuff out, just flipping that schedule like that. And um, so that's that's the story. I don't think that uh, uh, I've I wouldn't say that I did everything as well as I could. I definitely saw a lot of my friends that managed to navigate this path better than I did during the times. Uh, while I was in Milwaukee, but I think that uh, it's something to really think about and to to um, to put a lot of effort into strategizing with your situations and to do it in, in conjunction with your spouse and with your with with from your from your rebbeim as you go through figuring out how to integrate these things and be very efficient in your learning.